Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Reading from chapter 4, verse 5. So Jesus came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water swelling up to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. Please have a seat. Let me add my welcome to Amy's. My name is Liz and I am the, the vicar here and I'm delighted that you are here with us celebrating our first birthday tonight. And kids, as um, Amy said, if you've got your journals, just keep drawing. Maybe now that you've finished drawing the picture of your own favorite birthday, you could draw it. What does it look like for a church to have a birthday? It's a slightly bizarre concept. But for many of you, you might have attended first birthday parties. I think first birthday parties are about the most fun birthday parties to go to because the parents are just so relieved. They've kind of kept the child alive for a whole year. They've navigated going from birth to kind of someone who's beginning to possibly walk and talk, and, and, but it's still kind of cute. Um, and so there's a real sense of satisfaction when you get to one. And I feel a little bit like that today. Well done. You're almost walking, almost talking, drooling a little, but you're doing great. <laughs> it's all about the cake and balloons at this point. But I want, first of all, to just look back briefly, I promise briefly, and marvel at where we have come from in the last year. Then I'm going to remind you of some of the things that we have said over the last few months about what we love about the church. And then finally, we're going to just change gears and exhale slightly as we reflect with gratitude on the role of the Holy Spirit in our midst, forming, creating, strengthening us. And then finally, Many of us will stand and make commitments to this church as we have our first members make promises tonight. So first of all, we have done so much in this last year. And by we, I literally mean we. So I want, I'm just going to get, much to the embarrassment, a few people to stand up. First of all, I'm going to get the staff to stand up. Just let's stand up. You've worked really hard. Yeah, okay, stand up, all of you. And then stay standing. I'd like um, the transition team to join them. So if you're here and you're on the transition teams, they also work really hard. Perhaps you were on the servant team right at the beginning of this church. Perhaps you could stand up. 
also done a fantastic amount. And then um, perhaps if you have ever volunteered in any way, shape, or form, maybe you've laid the table or laid something out, will you stand up? Okay, and if you have ever visited us and uh, you've been part of this too, will you stand up? Okay, look around, and um, we're going to just whiz through a few just memories of some of the things that we've done, but now just look at the people around you, and you can just say it quietly, but well done, well done. Just say well done to each other, and then you can have a seat, once you've said well done to a few people. There's organizational things. There's outreach, evangelism, and fun. What was the first one? Sunday worship. We did so much stuff over this last year. So thank you for all the ways that every single one of you has played a role in that. It's been phenomenal. And this, perhaps, is the place where we begin to exhale. Just like those parents at the first birthday party, this is a significant achievement that we have all been part of, creating a community together out of nothing. It's been exciting. It's also possible that you might be feeling a little bit like Jesus when he was sitting by that well in Samaria. Even Jesus got weary. So if you kind of go, wow, that's been quite a year, and you're feeling a little bit weary, <sighs> exhale. It's going to be all right. Everybody knows that the second year of a child's life is just a doddle, isn't it? I mean, you know, <laughs> there's nothing to worry about at all. But I want us to take a moment to just think a little bit about who we are. What is this thing that we have created? Maybe in some ways it's easy to kind of go, well, okay, we know we are not Presbyterian, we're not Baptist, we're not Pentecostal, we, we're not Catholic, we're not Brethren. We, we're not in McLean, we're not in London, we're not in DC, we're not in Timbuktu, we're not primarily Syrian speakers or Spanish speakers or even primarily German speakers. But I love the fact that there are churches that fall into all those categories and hundreds, probably thousands more categories which you can think of. And yet they are all the church. They are all of part of God's great body over this entire world and full of people who are worshipping Jesus in slightly different styles, in slightly different languages, in slightly different ways, perhaps even slightly different theologies at time. But fundamentally, Jesus' body spread around the world. So here we are. Incarnation, Anglican Church in 22204, right here, worshipping for the moment in Greenbrier Baptist Church. And it's glorious, quite glorious. And we've got some scientists scattered amongst us. And one of the things that this is just to, to kind of satisfy them, um, the nice thing about cells is that each cell has some DNA, doesn't it, I think, which, which kind of represents or has, contains all the information. I like to think that all these little churches are very much containing the DNA of God. And so in our little church here, we contain the DNA of the church, regardless of how small or big we become or how we change or develop. So you, we, us together, we are incarnation church. And God has called us and equipped us to be part of his body right here 
right now, today. So what exactly is a church? We've been asking the question every week over the last few months, and this isn't exactly a comprehensive theology of the church, but I have loved the suggestions which have popped up from amongst you. And again, we, I sorted them out into three categories. Um, first one, the church being all about God. And there's a lot of things when we think about the church which reflect God's role. And these are some of the things that we said over the summer. But then we also came to tons of things which were about us. The way that the church offers us as individuals the opportunities to be a community. Parameters for living in a way that honors God and encourages us to come into worship. A way to create a community that will care for others and for each other. An invitational space where we can exercise hospitality. A place which is created for human flourishing. And it's a base from which we can operate as at the end of every Sunday service we go out into the world to do the work that he has called us to do. And then finally, I'm grateful about this, we came up with a third category. It's a place where that God up here, if you like, and us down here connects. And obviously, if we didn't have the third part when we're connecting, then we could just have God up there as the kind of great watchmaker in the sky and us down here learning how to play nice together. But a church is so much more than that. It's a place which we come in, and certainly we do learn, I hope, how to play nice together. But it's a place where we're connecting all the time to God. It's a place where we pray collectively, our Father. It's a place for corporate confession. And it's a place where we come and acknowledge both our need for forgiveness and we receive forgiveness. And we come week by week and we take communion and we eat and we drink and we are so grateful for the way that the Holy Spirit is at work in and through us. The way the Holy Spirit is providing that connection between us and God. The Holy Spirit whom Jesus references in John 4, as I read earlier, there was this lovely phrase that Jesus uses when he's talking to the woman by the well in Samaria. And if you haven't read the whole story, do find a Bible sometime and find John chapter 4. It's a beautiful story of how God continues to engage with that lady and to answer her questions. But I want us today to just focus on that one phrase where Jesus says, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus came to that well and engaged in a conversation about the water which he offers to quench our thirst. This water which he referenced comes up all the way through as a theme throughout scripture and you can find it beautifully written about in some of the Old Testament books like the prophet Ezekiel. Or at the very end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, there's a wonderful passage about the river of life. And the, throughout Scripture, we are invited to come to this living water and to drink, to drink deeply of the Holy Spirit who connects us to God and to each other so that we can be the church, so that we can worship Him. Drinking water is such a great illustration, isn't it? Because we all know that every 
plant, every mammal, every creature on this earth needs water to survive. It's not something which only the special people need or only the green plants or anything else. Every single one of us, it's essential that we have water. There are no super species of humans who can do without it. It's the great leveler. We're all in this together. And therefore, it's a very strong image that is used. Because water conveys our food. It helps us to get energy. It nourishes us while shuttling out toxic substances. Water is a solvent, so it gets the nourishment to where it needs to be in our body. One article I read about water this week used this lovely phrase and said it might have been the protective cradle that carried the building blocks of life onto Earth. Water matters. Drinking water is something we all have to do to survive. And drinking the Holy Spirit in exactly the same way is the key to our survival as Christians. We have to be drinking in the Spirit. And so Jesus reminds us, and there are so many ways that we can drink in the Spirit. It's a slightly strange phrase, and I've been actually kind of wrestling with it a bit over the last few weeks. But as I've thought about it, I've thought we do drink the Spirit when we come to the table and we eat and drink. We come to drink the Spirit when we're baptized into the death and resurrection of Jesus. But also, every single week, as you come and as you sit in a pew and stand and worship, you drink the Spirit as you worship, and you exhale the Spirit, if you like, as well, as you worship. It's like glugging at a river, which then flows onwards and outwards to those around us. Drinking of the Spirit is kind of intentional. It would be quite possible to come into church and sit in a little huddle and refuse to engage with the music and the scripture and the words. But we come and we open ourselves up and we say, Lord, will you work in our lives and hearts today? Can I drink of your Spirit? That passage we, Mandy read for us in 1 Corinthians talks a lot about how we drink in the Spirit as well. But it also talks about how the Spirit nourishes us, what it is that the Spirit does. And there are three verses I'm going to touch on just very, very quickly. The first one is in verse 7, where it says, To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Look carefully. To each, every single one of us, from the smallest to the biggest, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. But notice this, it doesn't give them for you, it gives them for the common good. You're not going to necessarily, you feel better at the end of this process, but the gift that you're being given is for everybody else around you. And I feel like that's also highlighted in verse 11, where it says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit, who apportions to each one individually as he wills, as the spirit wills. So, Unlike maybe creating a birthday wish list, this isn't something where we can go to Jesus and just say, well, I think I'm going to need um, prophecy today. Could you, could you please give me prophecy? Paul says we can crave gifts, we can ask for gifts, but the Holy Spirit gives as he wills. So perhaps you sometimes feel a little frustrated that God hasn't given you the gift of healing or the gift of tongues or the gift of something else. Be patient. God will equip his church as he wills, and he will give you gifts for the common good. And finally, I just want to, in this passage, draw your attention to verse 13, 
First of all, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or frees, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Take a look around you again. Take a note of those people you just said well done to. Be so grateful for them. Be so grateful for the ways that they together are helping to form our community. And then bear in mind, if you are going to need the kind of outflowing of a gift, you need somebody in this community to be equipped with it. It's a good motivation to be praying for each other faithfully, even if it's on slightly selfish motives. Pray for each other. Pray for each other that we will receive the gifts, that we will have our hands open so that as we drink of the Spirit, God is able to fill us up, that God is able to give us the things that he needs for the common good. And so, as we consider our common life, in just a moment, we're going to come to something which I've been waiting for, for about, I was going to say a year, but maybe two and a half years. We come together to make commitments to each other. Now, as you look around, in a moment, as we stand to make our promises, there'll be some people who won't stand. Some people aren't 18 yet, which is unfortunately one of our prerequisites. Some people have got personal reasons for not wanting to do it at this point. Some people aren't baptized. Some people are just visiting us for the first time, and that would might be a little bit awkward. But you'd be, you know, there are reasons why people are not standing up. But in a moment, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to stand. And uh, in a moment, we're going to tell God and each other that we are committing to this church for this season in our lives. In the promises that you have already seen, I hope, we will use our three incarnation words of worship, welcome, and wonder. We will recognize that we are a spiritual family And as such, we are also going to make promises to the children and young people who are amongst us, who can't yet become members, but who are so much a part of this community. And we will drink deeply of the Spirit, delighting in the way that the Holy Spirit gives gifts to all. And we'll ask for those gifts for each other, asking God to equip each one of us for the work he's calling us to do in South Arlington. And so do ask for the gifts. Ask for the gifts that were enumerated in that passage, whether it's speaking in tongues, prophesying, discerning spirits, praying for healing, interpreting. But ask for any of the others that come to mind as well and ask that God will give us the gifts we need. And above all, let's give thanks. Let's give thanks that we're part of a much bigger body than just us here with a history that goes deep, 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 and a power that extends into the heavenlies. And give thanks that God is mighty, and he's for us, and he equips us. As I'm going to pray for a moment, perhaps you might want to sit with your hands open, with a stance, a physical stance, which says that you are waiting to receive from the Lord. Let me pray for us. Holy Spirit, we thank you for the work that you do in touching our lives and in touching God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all together. Will you enable us to worship you? Will you equip us individually and corporately 
Will you give us all the gifts we need to operate as your body here in South Arlington? Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you minister to us. We pray that you will continue to drive out the fear and loneliness and darkness that can so easily beset us. We ask you to feed our deepest, deepest places. We ask you for the gifts we need as a community, the resources we need to be your church of welcome, wonder, and worship in South Arlington. Amen.